everyone. Hey guys, you're here with Dr. Molly and Todd Rowland, and we're bringing you the podcast, the business side of the pet industries. Today, we are going to go ahead and start and touch on a topic that we've been seeing a lot. Um, we do have some really great themed months and some actual planned episodes and things that we're going to be rolling out shortly, but being the first of the year, we know pricing and pricing adjustments and things like that are on the forefront. We've seen it on the groups. We've been asked about it. And it's just something that we thought being the beginning of January, we would go ahead and touch on. Now, this isn't a, this is how you should price. This is how to, you know, increase your prices and what you need to raise them to episode. What this is, is we're just going to kind of go over why you need to increase them and kind of how to have that conversation with customers. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of on the Facebook groups of people like they've already put out the price increase because it's, you know, mid-January, they might have put them out in December, telling people coming up and they're losing clients. They're not sure how, maybe they're communicating incorrectly. And so we're just going to kind of go over some stuff that we've experienced this year. Yeah. And it's definitely important. Like some of the things are said, well, I just did a price increase in January of 2023, or I just increased my prices two years ago, or I'm not where I should be now, even though I already raised them. And so like, if that's the case, like, let me just tell you, like, you should, if you raised your prices last January, then you absolutely 100% should raise them this January. Like, or if you decide a lot of people don't like to raise them in December, January, February, they want to push that out because people are like, oh, well, it's the end of the year. I spent a lot on Christmas or it's just new year, more money. Like, so we see the reasoning in that. And for a long time, we actually did our price increases in like April or May. So go ahead and decide when you're going to set them. And so you can start like coming up with a plan of how to engage your customers in that conversation. Yeah. In the past couple of years, we did move to raising our prices at January the 1st. And typically what we do is sometime in October, we're already working on our next year's budget. And we decide this is, this is what the increase we need to still stay profitable, keep our margins where they need to be. And so starting November the 1st, any new client inquiry that we get, we provide our new pricing to them. And so it's a way for us to gauge how the market is going to interact with our new pricing. And we actually track how many people contacted us and how many new customers we got on the new pricing so that we can kind of move forward. Yeah. And like another thing, like we track how many do, but we track how many had said it was too expensive as well. And then that's also where you have to look at what kind of a model is your business? Like, are you one of the more expensive or do you gear yourself to be one of the more cheaper? Maybe you have a more basic package and a lot of add-ons that you push. So like you, but you want to track how many people inquire. And once you give them your new price, how many people take it? Because you may be surprised how many people will actually take higher than you thought you would get in your area, because maybe there's not a lot of mobile groomers, or maybe the mobile groomers are full. And so they just want in with someone. So again, if market research is a real thing, and if you don't actually test your numbers and test these prices and track that, then saying you can't do it, unless you know, because you've actually tried it and tracked it, you don't know that you can't do that. So don't cut yourself short just out of fear of what your prices will be. And like Todd said, if you don't want to raise them to your current customers, you want to see how, how people will react. Start with your new inquiries because every business should have new inquiries, whether you're taking new customers or not. Yeah. And one thing it's, it's not necessarily, I see this all the time. I haven't taken new clients in three years. And then the next sentence people say, but I can't raise my prices. If you're not taking to, to say you're hundred percent book, that's great. But if you're hundred percent book constantly, you're, you're too cheap for your market. 
Yeah. Like if you are not able to take new customers or you haven't taken a new customer in a year or two, that means you do have room to raise your prices because you're in high demand. You are a hot commodity and people are obviously paying and loving the service that you're providing or they wouldn't keep coming back to you and filling your books. So don't sell yourself short and say you can't raise your prices and I'm fully booked. Like let's raise your prices. You may lose a few clients, but you will also replace those with people, new clients willing to pay your prices. Molly, what do you say to people that, you know, they're grooming this dog and it's one of their favorite dogs to groom and then they lose that client. I see this a lot too. It's like, oh my gosh, I just lost my favorite client because I went up $6. Yeah. So that is like, that conversation is, I'm here to tell you, this was something that was really hard for me to learn as a business owner, as someone who had some of my clients had come with me from my previous job. You know, they found me once I started and they moved over and I'd been grooming them, you know, eight or nine years. And it's like, at some point you're going, you may outprice some people because they're on whatever budget it is. Just like your businesses should have a budget for what you're going to spend every year. People have that too. And so like maybe grooming is just, they have a set amount they can't spend. And like, so I, you have to realize Yes, you may think you love them and like you are so loyal to them. But at the end of the day, like customers are going to do what they need to do um, for themselves. You know, if you're too expensive, no matter how much they like you, they're going to leave like this deep, outstanding loyalty where you're sh cutting yourself short and you're undercharging, especially for those of us groomers who have been in business a long time and you have a big clientele of people who have been with you for so long. Like it is hard, but like at the end of the day, they have to understand that your expenses go up just like everyone else's. And you have to understand that even though, yes, they may love you as their groomer, that's all you are is your groomer. Like you're not their best friend. You're not their family. I mean, yes, sometimes you are going to literally be their best friend or their family member. Um, but for the most part, your clients are clients like, and you have to let go of that emotional attachment thinking that you an undying loyalty because again, at the end of the day, they're going to move, their dog's going to pass away, you know, and then they're just going to, you know, or they're, you're going to out budget them and they'll and, leave. Yeah. And people will say, I have the best clients. I have the most loyal clients get injured and take off six weeks and miss Fluffy's two appointments during that six weeks. And you'll see how quickly the people you thought were your best clients and loyal clients change on you. Yeah. The, you know, then all of a sudden you're um, unresponsive, irresponsible, un, you know, reliable, yeah, not reliable things like that. So it's kind of the same thing with the pricing. Um, and it's just, there's a way to have a conversation. Don't just say, Hey, these are my prices Buy, take it or leave it or whatever. Like a lot of times you just have to explain it to the client in the same way you would want it explained to you. Like stop and take a breath. They just see it as, Oh my gosh, another thing has gone up. But, and we course. also, I mean, all of our groomers, uh, include Molly and, and including myself, non-groomer, we all have clients and we're, we let each one of our groomers have about five clients out of their whole roster that they do that can be a grandfathered in pricing. That's that cute little grandmother whose husband died and she no longer gets his pension and she's on a, and so we, we do have hearts, we do care. So everybody can have a certain amount of those, but again, like you need to pick that amount before you raise your next price increase. Like, okay, I, I'm willing to keep, X amount of clients on this that can't afford it because I am doing them a service. I do feel good about going to their house. They make me feel good when I leave there. So, but you can't do 25% of your clientele that way because your numbers will not work. 
Yeah. So in a good way, like, um, again, if you don't, this isn't a pricing issue of how, but at a minimum, you all should be charging the national inflation rate. So typically that's around 4%. COVID, we saw it go up a lot higher, um, 11, 12, and some things went up 20 to 50%, but the average was, was a little lower than that. But that was, you know, that's an abnormal year. And for us, we raised our prices twice that year. We raised them in January and then April came and we had to raise them again. And did we lose some clients? Absolutely. But did we fill them with higher price clients that had no problem with that? We absolutely did. Yeah. So we tracked like this year when we decided we were, what, what our price increase was going to be and for our salon and mobile, but I'm keeping track of the mobile numbers. Molly's keeping track of the salon numbers. Just, just divide out the job a little bit easier. We knew, or we were expecting to lose X amount of clients on the mobile, uh, somewhere around 10% is what I was expecting. And so that's why we tracked October. Well, we track every month, how many new clients we obtained, but really looked at the October, November and December numbers and thought, okay, because really, we were kind of like, mm, we don't really have room for these customers, but we know we're fisting loose some. So we went ahead and took them and it, it's worked out great. Yeah, we actually had more, uh, you know, to replace 10% of that number of new clients that would accept that price over clients that would have left. But and then actually, like I said, we were expecting to lose 10%. Some people look at that and they're like, oh my gosh, 10%. But like, if you know you have the incoming numbers that are 10% or greater to replace that at a higher number that will gladly pay it, then it makes it not so scary. So maybe now you haven't done that and you're really hesitant. So why don't you implement that now? Like it's, it's not too late. Let's say like you're now let's aim for maybe a March or April price increase. So now you have the rest of January, February, where you can start fielding those calls, offering that higher price and actually tracking how many inquired and how many took it and how many said it was too expensive. And just to see, just to put your mind at ease, really. And one thing I want to remind people is when they're stressed out about going up in price, no other organization company industry out there like they just raise their prices and they just to keep up with the cost of business for some reason groomers have this feeling about like they can't sleep at night because they're raising their prices six dollars five dollars four dollars and they're so nervous about losing clients like you you have to get over that you're in business now yeah like you take your we were talking about this the other day and i mean you could list a hundred examples but you take your car to get work done that's just the price you need your air conditioner serviced or that you know heat heat goes out this time of year they come and fix it and it is what it is your service call is what used to be forty dollars is now 80 you know the service that used to be a hundred dollars a year is now 150 dollars a year like they don't bat an eye they don't lose sleep over it. like it's just you don't go to walmart and you know haggle with the pricing on the produce you know that's gone up or the cost of ground beef or a gallon of milk like the price is the price yeah the shop that uh maintenance most of our mobile vans uh pre-covid they were 90 dollars an hour at, in 2024 they're at 125 dollars an hour so i mean it's just everybody goes up so and for some reason people also feel like they can haggle with a groomer about their prices uh molly you want to give an example of one of ours this week yeah so this is you know someone that we've had again like over four years, they've been a client and, you know, we sent them the price increase last month. We usually will send it like a day or two after an appointment and say, Hey, this will be, this is your current price. This will be your price starting at your next appointment. And then that gives them, that gives us time for them to cancel or reach out, answer questions, anything like that. So he's had this and then he reached out and said, so I'm going to just read you or leave names out, but hello, happy new year. We have been your customer for four years now and are concerned about the constant increase in price. 
Do you consider the size when you determine the rates and do you offer any discounts since we groom every 10 weeks? Also, there are at least two of my neighbors close by that use your grooming company and we pay different prices. Would it be possible to maybe align on a timing for grooming that will work for everyone to try to bring the cost down? Please let me know your thoughts. Thank you. So, I mean, it wasn't accusatory. It wasn't aggressive or anything, but it's just like, First off, the word constant is kind of like a trigger word for us. Like mm-hmm. it's not a constant raise. We do an annual price increase, except for that one year of COVID, we did do two because everything went up substantially so much more than just our normal increase. So, um, and then as we all know, he's on a an outstanding, you know, quick 10-week rotation. And so. that is before Molly gets into this, our new customers we require them to be on one, two, four, six, or eight weeks. Anything after eight weeks is not considered a maintenance groom anymore. Yeah. And so that gets like a higher surplus too. But um, so, and then of course we all know, like we have six vans and seven groomers. So yes, in the mobiles. So yes, it's like, okay, yes, there's other people on your neighborhood that use our services, but they may have a different groomer. They may be on just a different schedule. Like he's every 10 weeks. I guarantee most of our clients are a lot quicker than that. So they're probably not on the same schedule. And then like what people don't understand too, is like, whether you're in the same area, like we already route in a tight area for the day. So our groomers not going out of their way, but also like it takes the same amount of time to groom a dog, whether you guys are all in the same neighborhood or not. So this is just a, a response and it kind of, I mean, it is, some people are like, they don't even need an explanation. Like no is a final um, complete sentence. And I'm a big proponent of that. But when you're doing something like a price or something that's sensitive, especially for those of you who do care to have that good communication with your clients, there's a way to answer it without stressing all that and going back and forth and a tit for tat. So this is just how we responded to that. Hello. Yes, we do certainly value that you have been with us for four years and appreciate that. However, to remain in business, we must, like all products and services, continue to adjust our prices at a minimum of yearly. Just as cost of groceries, housing, gas, and life expenses inflate annually, so do the cost of doing business, gas, supplies, equipment, vans, continuing education, etc. Unfortunately, since it takes the same amount of time to groom pups, even if they are scheduled at the same day, we don't offer multi-pet discounts. We also route by location, so we're in relatively close proximity to the other appointments of the day. And although we do appreciate that you all keep Luna on a 10-week schedule, most of our clients are on a two- to six-week maintenance schedule, and it takes no less time to groom a pup every 10 weeks. We will continue to have annual price adjustments and understand if you are unable to keep us, as it may or may not be in your grooming budget. We have enjoyed caring for Luna and sincerely hope to keep seeing her in 2024. If you decide we are no longer an option, we do have two salons that we can refer to you in this town who do great quality work and being a salon have lower pricing. So our, our we have mobiles and salons. So our salon is not in the same town that our mobiles operate in. So it's really not an option to recommend people to our salon for a cheaper price. But we knowing that we were going to lose customers, Molly interacted, reached out to some people and uh found out that they had similar values as us as far as their staffing, their care for the animals and things like that. These two salons actually refer people to us that their dog needs a mobile service versus being in the salon with other pups. And so it was just a good fit. They refer people to us, we refer to them. And so we got that set up, uh, made sure they were both taking new clients. And again, if someone says, you know, they just can't afford it, we do offer recommendations of groomers we trust. And then we also offer to give them their grooming notes because we all know what it's like when we get a new client and well, that's not how my last groomer did it. Okay. Well, you can't tell me what your last groomer did. 
So like it may take a time or two and that's a whole other conversation. You yeah, know, they want the puppy cut. Communicating, <laughs> you know, and how it takes time and to have that conversation. But like, so, and most, all of our clients, we've, you know, explaining it this way and saying we understand and giving them options and offering to give grooming notes, like they leave on good terms. They're like, oh, thank you so much. Or, oh, I really appreciate that. You know, that we've had people, you know, such and such salon was able to work us in. Thank you so much. Like, We'll keep you in mind if we ever go mobile or like we'll still send people your way who want the mobile service. So like just because you raise your prices and lose some customers doesn't mean that it has to be a negative thing. It doesn't have to bring you down. It doesn't have to bring your business down. And it really doesn't even have to bring your clients down if you're giving them um, a good alternative. Yeah. And out of like nearly 2000 customers on the mobile side that are receiving these price increases and they've, they've started getting them. Most of them started getting them their appointment after the, no, excuse me, the appointment that started the week before Thanksgiving. That's when we started yep. giving them out. And most of the people, they don't, I would say he's 1% of the people who actually respond something like that. The, the message that Molly just read you guys. Some people just say, I'm sorry, we just, we can no longer afford you guys. And that's we, you know, we go back, you know, we thank you for your past patronage and, you know, we understand these are the two salons in your area that we recommend. And we can also provide the grooming notes. And most of the time, no, actually all the time, people have been thankful for that. They respond back. Thank you so much. If things change, we'll definitely reach back out. And we're like, yeah, if things change, we'll definitely take you back on a roster. Just things like that. So you don't have to necessarily be an ass about it. Um, now, if 90% of our clients responded like him, we probably would have a copy-paste message to send. But for the most part, people, because from day one, we we tell people when they become a new client, it's part of the contract. Like, we're, we're going to increase yearly. We also, when we were doing our budget for 2024, we've came up with a fuel price for our mobiles that if it gets across a certain number per gallon, we add a fuel surcharge. So Because we're not going to take a hit because some other place in another country decided to go to war and raise our gas, it, you know, made our gas price up. Why is our business, why is, why are we going to get tight? Yeah, so why should you have to suffer the financial consequences of the economy when every business is doing what they can, every business at that point will be raising again, every business. So like, again, find out, like, go ahead and figure out what those limits are for you, what that pricing needs to be. And don't have that stress and negativity around it. Like price Oh, and here's just another thing. Don't call them price increases. Refer to them as price adjustments. We're doing a pricing adjustment. We're doing a price adjustment. Like when people hear the word, oh, we're doing an increase, a price increase, it's automatically a negative thing. And they look at it as you're taking, you're just greedy. You're raising your prices. You know, how dare you take more money? You're already charging X for fluffy instead of like you're adjusting, like based on the needs of your business and the economy. Yeah. And if, if something like this stresses you out, whether you're your solo um, operator, owner operator, or if you have a staff and maybe you have a significant other or a spouse uh this may be a part where you sit down with them and have them send out the copy paste price increase message and that way it's not eating at you like it, it may just help to, for them because you know you, you're dreading it you don't do it next thing you know it's mid-january you haven't even sent out your january price increase because it makes you sick think about it you know, that is something you can assign to a team member to send out the price increases once you have come up with them and stuff like that. If it's just something that you just mentally is like, I can't do this. It stresses me out. Yeah. A delegate. Delegation is a thing, you know, that people say, 
delegate the things that you don't have time for, but you can also delegate the things that you just don't want to do and you dread. And if there's someone like, again, even if it's like a spouse or a kid or someone that they're not a groomer or maybe, but they don't need to know all the answers. They don't need to have all the information. You can just like get that standard message together and send them to them. Even like if you're going to do a percentage across the board, don't even put their new price, just put, we're doing a, a 4% price adjustment and they can send that in. And then, you know, they can kind of feel the responses. And if there's some that you need to respond to, you know, maybe go ahead and have something else typed up. Like we talked about that, goes over why you're doing it and, you know, that you understand, you know, their concerns, but it's just, you know, that's just how businesses stay open. Yeah. And then even at our salon, we do the same thing in our town. We're um, right at the highest priced uh, salon in town. And when people say we can't afford that, when they call in for inquiry, we say, okay, well, we were, you know, we trust this uh, place and this place, uh, the two other salons in our town that, you know, they have uh, more a la carte options where we're all inclusive. So our price, you know, is owned up there where, I mean, if you add up each, if they went there and got each option, they would probably be equivalent to us, maybe even a few dollars more. But a lot of people don't pick all the options. Um, they just want the cheap and the basic package. And that's fine for some people, but that's just not our service model. Yeah. So again, it's just... Don't be scared of pricing and don't be scared of how to word things. Um, they're, you know, wording is a lot of it. It's just all in how you react to something, how you engage with the client and your tone. And if you're going to text this, make sure your tone is positive, uplifting, you know, that you're thank thanking them, thankful, like, you know, we really appreciate your past patronage. We really appreciate taking care of your pup. Like even if you're going to copy and paste it, you don't have to put the specific dog names, but you can still make it very upbeat and friendly, but also like very to the point explaining why. And some people are like, wow, your responses are so in depth, but they leave no room for argument and no room for error. Like when we send a message out to something like a price increase where it's kind of accusatory at us, you know, our response talks about the general economy. It talks about how we're impacted. You know, it talks about this is an annual thing so we can, um, you know, stay in business. Yeah. And a lot of times Molly will say, as you signed your service agreement, you know. Yeah. And again, like we do, if you're not doing a service agreement, you need to get one going ASAP. But we do, we have a little clause in there that says we do an annual price adjustment of at least 4%, which is the average typically the average inflation rate. So our clients know. And then if they say, oh, well, you didn't tell me, we can say, bam, well, here's a copy of your service agreement um, to where we do note that. But again, it doesn't matter. Everyone raises prices. So we don't really feel the need to justify at that level. We do give everyone notice. Even at our salon, we have signs up on the doors, on the counter. So when they drop off, they see they're getting that price adjustment and they can ask what their price is and they can choose to stay with us or not stay with us or leave or not leave, you know? So just let them know. I, I wouldn't recommend extremely raising your prices now and not telling the clients. Yeah. And also like Molly, what happens if, what do you do about the clients who, um, you have, I don't want to use your grandfathered in, but let's just say like you have a hundred monthly rotating clients and you've got, you know, nine or let's say you got 80 of them are, you're only going to have to do that four or five, 6% increase. So it's just kind of, but then you have this other set that you've kind of always, when you first got started, you were, you realized you were undercharging, but then they were loyal. How do you go about telling them that, you know, we're charging X, but new dogs that are, 
this particular breed and size. We're charging this amount. And so you're severely undercharged due to whatever. And we have to get you up here. How does that conversation go? Is that a text? Is that a call? Um, For us, it's typically a text. Now, of course, if someone really has an issue with it, we can give them a call. Or if it's, you know, someone who doesn't text, we all have a few of those still. Um, We can give them a call. But typically, that's just a conversation of, hey, you know, and you say you don't want to use the word grandfathered because that kind of means like you think about when you say someone's grandfathered in, they're locked into that original pricing. And even though we do have some people that we technically, you know, are grandfathered in, they've been with us for 10 years. So they're obviously, I mean, at a different price point, but we've still raised their prices every single year. We just haven't raised them on the level that we have like for our new clients. And it's not like our current pricing structure. So we've actually went through this recently where we did take that whole group of grandfather clients and we made sure that all of our groomers were at least hitting our hourly rate. Um, So we're not going to go into specifically what we charge because again, we all need to charge different prices, but this is kind of just an example of how that conversation would go. It's like, you know, hey, Karen, we really appreciate your service. And um, we just want to let you know, we are doing our pricing adjustments for 2024. And this will be the price of Fluffy's next visit. And then we'll have, you know, we've currently been charging you, let's say 150 for Fluffy. Our new customers are actually paying $300 for the same size and services Fluffy gets. We do at least have to make sure our groomers are meeting our um, hourly livable wage. So in order to do that, Fluffy's new price for 2024 will be X. And so it's usually somewhere in the middle of, you know, it'll meet our hour hourly standard, but just because they've been with us for 10 plus years. Yeah. Uh, but we also do a thing too, like on these few customers that we have that even if the, um, employees, it's one of their five clients that they didn't want to have a price increase. Now, if this person gets another dog, they know their new dog will be on the new pricing schedule. I mean, that, and again, we only have a few of those clients, but you can't let this person that you feel sorry for, or maybe it's not you feel sorry for them, but you just want to provide that lower service cost because of whatever reason it may be. They get another pup. Like you can't take that hit on two pups. Yeah. So like make that known, but we do, we just explain again, like, you know, we had to do our pricing adjustment. This is what you're currently paying. This is what our our new pricing model is. And this is what you, you know, Fluffy's price will be. So they can see that they're still getting a discount, even though they're probably more than that. It's more of a substantial increase. Yeah. And one thing I would advise too, to look at in your pricing is how often do these people come? You know, we have, we have clients that we literally go to their house or they bring in their clients or their pups into the salon weekly. And, so, you know, we'll give them a little discount for that. If uh, we don't really give discounts, but on two areas, one, if you're military or police or, you know, ambulance, something in that service industry, but we typically do not offer like we don't, well, we do not offer multi-dog discounts and things like that. We just, that's not our business model. Uh, but if people do come weekly, we do have them on a slightly different rate, but what you have to figure out to be able to do that, you can't just say, oh gosh, Miss Jones comes in every week, you know, I'm going to, you know, she asked me how much cheaper would I do it if she brought her in every week? Oh, it'd make my job easier. Okay. So are you getting done with fluffy in an hour instead of an hour and 20 minutes if she came every two weeks or every four weeks? And you have to figure that out because next thing you know, you could have five or six clients who are coming in weekly or every two weeks that you're giving a slight discount for, but yet they really, you're not really saving that much time on it. And you could have been filling those in with your, you know, top price 
feature. And so you're, then you have to realize how much money am I losing every time I do fluffy once a week? Yeah. So like a lot of grammars, they'll talk about an hourly pricing or they'll talk about whatever their standards are. Like we have, you know, again, we're not going to get too much into pricing, but an hourly, and then we have like minimums. So that's kind of what Todd's talking about. So like if someone's coming in every week or so, it's not necessarily a discount. It's just, we will actually probably price them at the hourly rate versus like our normal bath package minimum or haircut minimum. Because when they are coming in every week, like he said, it'll probably take an hour, not an hour and 20 minutes. So giving them just a little bit of the a quote discount makes them feel better, but time-wise we're still charging for the time that it's taken to yeah. do the pads. Yeah. I was looking for the word because it's not because like we don't really offer discounts unless like it's the military or thing or, and that's because Molly is a veteran, but um and even that they have to ask if we do it, we don't advertise. Yeah. It. And so that's just a thing to look at too. We noticed that people do that. I mean, we've been guilty of that. We were, you know, going to someone's house that has three pups every single week and it's a couple hour appointment and it's like, Hey, you know, let's look at, actually look at the time we're there versus since they come every week and have three pups and it's, you know, a three and a half hour appointment, we could fit in X amount of dogs at this price. So we're actually leaving this much money on the table and we're not just doing that once a month. We're doing it four times a month. We're leaving X amount of money on the table. So those are the things like, just keep in mind, like uh, when you're thinking about your price increase. And like I said, most of you guys have already come up with your price increase for the year. You're implementing it, but we're just seeing a lot of, I'm losing my favorite customers. I've lost I seen one post the other day. I've lost 10 customers already. I'm, you know, I can't sleep at night. How many more am I going to lose? Like you can't, I mean, obviously it's something you're going to worry about, but I also put into our budget for advertising for new clients um, because I thought we were going to lose 10%. But luckily our new client intake has been higher than what we're losing. So therefore we haven't had to really use the advertising budget that we had set up for this month. Uh, to to bring in new clients. I mean, of course, you know, we're still word of mouth. People are, you know, who's a good mobile groomer? We'll get, you know, those type of free advertisement. But we had actually budgeted some money uh, for some advertisement thinking we were going to lose about 10% of our clientele. And like I said, like we we're counting the new clients that are requesting every day and they're far exceeding what we're losing. Yeah. And if you um, are still like unsure, like that's what I feel like a lot of a lot of you all who are doing price increases, especially, you know, a hard thing too for business owners is sometimes you're in business two or three years before you do a price increase. Um, I think for me, it was close to that at least two year mark. Like I just didn't realize that was something I needed to do every year. Luckily I figured it out early, but like, so there's a lot of anxiety around it. But if you actually go and read some of these posts and not just read the ones where people are just saying, oh, I've lost my favorites. Like there, a lot of people realize they lose a lot less than they thought they would. And that's something that we want to be sure to bring home to you guys too, because, um, you know, again, as many, uh, there are a lot of busy groomers. There are a lot of people who they don't care what the cost is. If you've groomed their dog for the last two or three years, or you're the only one that's groomed it since a puppy, or they want the mobile service, or they trust you in their home when they're not home, like to them, that's worth a certain price. And a lot of times that's worth more than you think it is. So, you know, groomers are so worried and they have so much anxiety and they put it off for so long. And then when they finally do it, they're like, yes, I lost a few clients, but not nearly as many as I thought I would. I hear this over and over again in our individual coaching sessions that we do with people about some of these items we're talking about today is I live in a rural town. There's like four groomers. I can't go up because Miss Judy down the street is already charging $10 less. Uh, Miss Peggy down there is 
charging five dollars less like i'm right there with the the other groomer that's we're neck and neck i'm going to lose customers over this well again sometimes when you're in a small town people have this feeling that they can't charge their worth first of all you're not running a charity so you get that get keep that in mind uh, your landlord, when he does renews your lease, he doesn't care how much money you have coming in. He has to set the rent at what it is. You know, all these things that you buy shampoo, they don't care that you're in a small town. That, you know, you're paying the same for shampoo if you're ordering it online, whether you are in, you know, BFE or if you're right in smack dab of Miami. Like, so keep that in mind. And a lot of times in small towns, there's not a lot of options. So if they're not going to you, Miss Peggy, that's $10 cheaper than you, she probably can't take you on any new clients. So get over that fear. And again, keep track of how many people call in a week, a day, a month, wanting your services and start with that new price, your happy price that would make you happy and see how many of those clients you get in. You say, well, I can't take any new clients. I'm fully booked. Test the water, see what you can do. And that will give you a great indication of if the prices you need to charge and want to charge are feasible in your area. Well, and then um, again, this is an, just another part of like, we're here having a conversation today on how to have conversations. So like if you are raising your prices or you are a little more expensive, like here's one, I just saw this today and commented on one of the groups. And again, like we've seen this and tried and worked some people through it. And we've actually, you know, coach some people into getting this into their dialogue, their routine, and they've had great success with it. It's what we do. When someone comes calls in and wants to know a price, we don't just say, oh, well, our price is X or our price is $300 or whatever. Like we say, well, oh, since you've never been with us before, let me tell you a little bit about how our services work. We're actually an all-inclusive luxury service for mobile. We throw the word mobile in there and say, and we come right to your door, but we say, you know, our grooming package includes everything your pup needs to have, be healthy, healthy, happy, and go home looking great. It will come with dog willing, the ear pluck and clean, teeth brush and breath spray, a double bath with personalized shampoo and conditioner. They'll get um, nail trim and file. Can't remember if I said that. Um, they'll get a leave-in conditioner. They'll get that face, feet, and sanitary trims if needed. And then they'll get a finishing spray. And that's just our bath package. So, and then of course you can either add the, sh get the shed less or all over haircut. Um, and that pretty much, and then you say, and for your dog's size, it would typically start at this, or typically it'll range from, you know, a hundred to 150 or, you know, there's, and once they hear everything, you just rambling on and on about everything the service comes with, and then you give them a price, they don't really even care about the price. They just say, oh my gosh, he'll get all of that. And you say, yes, he will. Like, again, like we're all inclusive. We just make sure they get everything they want. But you could do the same thing even if you're not all-inclusive. Yeah, yeah, if you're a la carte, I would suggest that you actually, and hopefully you're, you're using a software that actually keeps track of this where you can run a report. See how many people are you're, you are upselling all your options. For. Like we know people, even our community, they offer a bath and you, a blow dry. Like then the sanitary trim is extra. The teeth brushing is extra. The nail trim is extra and if you want now the file too the, with the dremel that's extra and so it's all a la carte but and again that's a way to increase your revenue if you're doing that and you're not all inclusive but are you keeping track of how many people actually like what is the percentage of people who are you're successful at upcharging because that may you know you may need to relook at your business model too it doesn't mean you need to go to all inclusive but it may need to be like you're going to increase your base price but include two or three of the things 
that really don't take but a minute or two of your time. But now you can be like, well, our, we've changed our basic bath package to include X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Like teeth brushing is a, is a big one. That's minimal cost. I mean, how many dogs teeth can you brush with a tube of toothpaste? Most of our toothpaste are enzymatic. Most dogs don't love a toothbrush coming at their face. Find another system for us. You know, as long as it's a non-aggressive dog, we'll put it on our fingers, swipe it in their mouth before they even know what happened. Teeth or breasts, the enzymatic is doing its work. And then if you want, you can still give mom a toothbrush, but um, we typically don't even do that, but it's like, you know, and you could offer that. So, I mean, you're talking about probably not even cents per dog, and that's like, well, we've now included teeth brushing. So it's, you know, and that's just something you can list. Well, every package, you know, comes with an ear clean, a teeth brush, and then a personalized shampoo or whatever. And then I'll, I'm going to, this isn't so much about setting your prices or how to do it, but I do want to comment on something I commented on this morning. Cause when I go back and read it, I, I hope it, I don't come off as an asshole in this group, but me and Molly are in a lot of different software groups. Cause we tested a lot of different software before we chose ours. And we do use Mogo. We are happy with them. There are cheaper alternatives out there. Uh, there's more expensive options out there, but that's what fit our business. And that's what we, you know, we like Mogo. We use Mogo. People ask us, we do recommend it. But there's also, if, you know, I always say you need to do your own research and find out what fits your business needs. So in this group that we're in, people were um, bitching and complaining about the price. I'm a solo groomer. I can't afford this. And I think it's like, I think that our new price, maybe 80, just let's just call it a hundred dollars a month just to use an even number. Uh, as a solo groomer, I cannot afford a hundred dollars a month for software. And I'm like, I just can't hold back about literally if you're a solo groomer, either you're out of salon or you're mobile and you can't afford a hundred dollars a month in software. Like you really have to look at your business model. Something is not working. Like always me and Molly, this is our thing. Like, yes, we budget and we do cut back on areas that may seem wasteful or whatever, but you cannot save your way out of your mess. You have to increase your revenue. Yeah, because that's going to help cover. That's going to, to us, software is a non-negotiable. Now, if you're one of those, and I'll tell you, Todd had to pry a software into my hand after we'd been open, I don't know, four years or something, because even when we had multiple vans, I was tracking and doing all the schedules and handwriting them. Every groomer had a little handwritten notebook that got updated. And I'll just tell you, that's a lot. Um, even if you're just solo, one time I left my calendar, which was my lifeblood, like an hour away at my mom's house or two hours away. And, um, at the time, and it's like, I didn't know where it was or was ever in like, you know, you don't know where you're going the next day. Like you don't know, like not to mention all the time you spend, like we, we see and talk to so many solo groomers who are like, I don't have time to answer the phone. I don't have time to do reminders. Well, that's what software is for. Yeah. Or like, I don't have, you know, oh, oh, I ran out of the house and forgot my stack of folders with my grooming notes. Okay. Well, if it's all portable and on there. And again, like if you can't afford a hundred dollars, if it wasn't software, what if your dryer goes out and you have to replace your dryer? Like the, I can't afford a hundred dollars a month. If you can't afford a hundred dollars a month, for a software. And these are people who are, you know, grandfathered, you know, that word again, grandfathered into the older pricing. So, you know, they'll keep with that and complain that they can't get some of the services, but Mogo is kind of an all inclusive Yeah. What I was wanting to put on there today is you sound like some of our clients in our last price increase complaining about what it costs. It's like, if you can't afford it, you know, I'm sure Mogo would kill us, but move on to a different software. Like don't complain. But again, why can't you afford $100 a month? So you really have got to look at your pricing and your business model. Like I understand a lot of people say, I didn't get into this to get rich. 
No one said that. I mean, Molly and I are by no means rich, but we make a decent living. Neither one of us have to give a dog a bath or groom a dog anymore to still draw a paycheck out of our business. But, and if you're solo, obviously you're going to have to do that, but you shouldn't be putting your, your health. I mean, this, this industry is extremely hard on your body doing that for, I mean, it's, this is not a charity. Now, if you want to run a charity grooming do that. Open a 5013C and get people to donate for you to go and help the needy people with their dogs that they can't afford to have in the first place. Like that is something, if that's where your heart is, then do that or charge a, such a significant amount for X amount of customers that it leaves you a day a week to go around town and take care of these pups for free. Yeah. Or severely discounted, but ha those all need to be set. Like you need to have a goal, um, to rent, to your pricing that will allow you to do that. Or you need to have a charity that in a set amount that you can donate and write that time off. Like it's not just, you know, go around to all these groomers that are burnt out and that leave the industry and that get injured and quit or that go to retire and have to get a second job outside of grooming because they underpriced, they didn't save, they didn't do the increases or price, you know, for success. Yeah. If you're if your retirement plan is to groom until you fall over, you know, again, look at your price and your business model. It's not working. Yeah. Again, like you don't have to be greedy. Like, you know, people say, oh, well, if you're charging so much, you know, there's the people on there saying you're greedy and you can do without. And yes, I mean, you can do without, but are you actually charging enough to save for retirement, to actually put money in savings, to replace your equipment? And I mean, this goes for dryers, tables, tubs. It's not just mobile groomers well, we're talking about. And I talk about this too. If you bought, if you're a mobile groomer and you bought a new van pre-COVID, that van has one up, you know, you probably paid around $75,000, pre-COVID, depending on the options you got. Now that van is anywhere between one dollars and $120,000. If you rented a space and are locked into a, a you know five or six year lease and you had four percent increase uh, a year on your lease and it's locked in at five years your rent is able to double when that comes up and it's going to be a lot harder for you to double your prices to be able to afford that rent like everything has went up and this is not just because of COVID like it, it things go up and you have to be prepared for that. Like the last thing you want to do is when your van runs out you've not even charged enough to make that new van payment or didn't factor in enough money to put a huge down payment or even pay cash for your next fan after it's 10 years old or something. So again, like this is not an episode on how to price or how to do it. It's just kind of like, we just keep seeing these posts about people losing some clients, like don't lose sleep over it. You'll replace them. Yeah. And you have to price to stay profitable and you have to, um, price for success. You have to price for improvements. You have to price to be able to take time off work. Like if you, like if you're not taking vacations or you're working six days a week, like that's too much. Like you will get burnt out. Your body will fall apart and your emotional, physical being will suffer, which means then your customer service will suffer. And then like you feel bad about your clients having a price increase, but what if you burn yourself out or get injured because you're working so much because your prices are low and they have no groomer. And this is another thing I was going to, I meant to mention this when I talked about, we, we kind of thought we'd lose 10% of our clients and people are like, well, what if you did weren't able to replace them? It wouldn't have mattered because of the price increase. We were the the business was going to bring in the same amount of money regardless of the if we lost those 10% of the clients and didn't replace all of them. And again, for us that was bringing up our grandfather clients and if we you know raising the four percent. But it's like, yeah, I mean, but you can't base your your business model on what ifs and scared that you're going to lose clients. 
if you lose clients, then maybe you need to rebrand, revamp. Like we said, kind of look at what you have to offer. Do you specialize in something? Are you skilled in something? Have you competed? Like there's all things that we bring to the table. Are you fear-free? Are you, uh, do you also, or have you been a dog trainer? Could you like, there's so many different areas that you can use to offer as something to justify your pricing. Again, not that you need to justify it, but you need to make sure that you are pricing correctly and that you're doing increases at least at a minimum of once a year. And then you're actually relaying to your customers in a professional, polite, um, explanation-based manner so that you're not losing them. You know, when when you give a professional response like that, again, most clients are like, oh my gosh, thank you. Or we understand, you know, or, or we didn't look at it from that perspective. We didn't think about it. Like we just saw another cost going up. So like, there's so many things that you can do that price adjustments do not need to be negative. That's just part of being a business owner, part of doing business. And you just need to accept that, come up with a plan and go from there. Well, I think we've talked enough about this subject. Yeah. So again, we know it's a lot of information, a lot of rants, a lot of rambling, but um, at the end of the day, like, please groomers take care of yourself and do those price adjustments and speak to your customers nicely. And if you have more questions, feel free to reach out. Yeah. Yeah. We do one-on-one coaching. We also do a quick uh, couple of minutes, 20 minutes or so um, free consultation to see if you would be a good, we'd be good fit for each other for um, coaching, but feel free to reach out to us on our Facebook page, the phone number in the notes or the email in the notes. Yeah. And again, uh, well, not again, but also just want to remind everyone we will be at groom expo West and we're, we have a class Saturday at like 11 or 12 it's on building good habits in your business. And we'll touch a little bit on your life and just how to stay like grounded, focused and efficient until next time. Thanks y'all have a good week.